Well, welcome back to the Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com Ask the Experts series. It's your final one for the year 2021, as it is now the month of December. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us this month is Dr. Quentin Hinney. Many of you will recognize him. He's one of the co-chairman of Novo Resources. He's a renowned geologist and someone that is highly respected in the precious metals industry. He's also now an advisor and director at Crescat Capital in Denver. Quentin, thank you so much for joining me this month. Thank you, Craig. Pleasure to be here. It's great to have you on. I know this is your first time, and we've gotten quite a few questions for you. I'll get to those in just a second. Though, of course, I, I just want to remind everybody, this, but it, this content comes from Sprott Money. So be sure to keep them in mind for all of your physical metal and physical metal, metal storage needs. And of course, it's the holiday season. Don't forget that Eric is in the giving mood this year. If you haven't already, be sure to catch Eric's year-end wrap-up. He and I recorded that last Friday. That audio was linked at the Sprott Money page. You go to the Insights tab. Not only does he chat about junior miners everybody's been asking about, he's also giving away five, five, count them, five 10-ounce Sprott silver bars if you'd like one. All you got to do is go to the, that Insights tab on Sprott Money, find the details. What you do is you, uh, you head over to Wall Street Silver's Reddit page, you hashtag Sprott Money, and then you tag three of your friends. That's all you got to do on the Sprott Money contest post. That will get you registered. All those details are on that Insights tab at SprottMoney.com. And again, that's where you can find the podcast wrap-up that Eric and I recorded just a few days ago. Okay, with that, Dr. Henney, let's, uh, let's dive right in. Can I hit you with question number one? I love it this way. <laughs> all right, here we go. Uh, with th- this one, I think is right in, up your alley with a few currencies in the world continuing to weaken. Is there a preferred gold producing, uh, or exploration country that you prefer? Like, you know, like Brazil, Turkey, that sort of thing. Does, uh, the currency regime kind of change how you look at a jurisdiction? Yeah, look, we, we do consider jurisdiction, uh, obviously in investments and, it's important, you know, part of that is the, the exchange rate, okay? And and there are places which are absolutely hands down great places to be right now in the gold space. And what you just said is is spot on. Brazil is certainly one of them. We got several investments there. I would also rank Australia very highly and Canada very highly. So, yes, uh, I would put those kind of three, three at the top of our list. It's not to say there aren't other countries that are great to mine gold, but as far as jurisdictions go, those are our top three. Well, that's going to give me a chance to kind of segue and uh, to the next question, which was further down the list, but I'm going to slide this up to number two. Uh, and this just get this is on that jurisdiction line. Um, Cause I, you know, I always tell people, and I know Eric has always said this, you got, you know, if you get a good team that has done it before, and if you're in a jurisdiction uh, that has produced metal in the past, that's, you know, you're two thirds of the way there, but in a broad sense, kind of country wide, Quentin, uh, when you consider the rule of law, respect to the rule of law, uh, the permitting process, you know, the, how <laughs> friendly they are toward mining companies and that sort of thing. Uh, what are the best countries, the best jurisdictions that you can, you know, that, that you like to see? Again, this is, uh, you know, like one of the top considerations we make when investing in stores and we focus on, on safe jurisdictions period. Okay. Canada, hands down, number one, you know, I'd, Actually, uh, Ontario and Quebec traditionally always are, are great. 
Uh, but Newfoundland can't beat it. Okay, Newfoundland is a wonderful place to invest. And I, I actually have a great deal of uh, optimism about uh, British Columbia at this point. I think British Columbia and the, kind of the advancement in the, you know, the way things are working with First Nations and stuff is heading all heading in the right direction. I see a lot of uh, really good, um, you know, progress being made, I guess is the best way to put it. And I can see mines will get built. Uh, you know, beyond that, uh, look, Australia is certainly a close second. There is a bit of stuff that's in a state of flux right now in Australia, given the Rio debacle a couple of years ago, it has uh, stirred up a lot of passions and there's a lot of uh, political motion at this time, which needs to kind of settle down. And, you know, once that clarity is, is in hand, I think, you know, the, the ranking of Australia uh, will we'll settle down again. I think it'll be a strong place to invest, but there is a bit of uncertainty there. Uh, U.S. is still favorable, very favorable. You know, you have to look at it state by state, of course, in the U.S., but we love Nevada. We love Arizona. Uh, you know, there's other places where we're seeing uh, kind of a diminished uh, status. You know, Peru is certainly one politically, and then uh, Mexico, some of the rhetoric and stuff i've been hearing out of mexico gives me a bit of pause like brazil a lot i think brazil is actually moving in the right direction and and funny enough bolivia um bolivia is moving in the right direction we have a big investment in, in el oro of course and uh i see bolivia at about the same level say peru was late 1980s 19 early 1990s when things started get, getting cleaned up and and really heading in the right direction as far as mining investment goes. So that's kind of our general tone around Alrighty. jurisdiction. Well, then let's move on to question number three. And it, I thought this is kind of a long question. I'm just going to read the whole thing to you and, uh, and pick it apart from there. It is uh, stated in previous years, we've seen old mines with amazing grades closed down as metal prices slumps slumped. With prices climbing now, we are seeing some interest be renewed. Is it possible from a geological standpoint to intercept super high grades again, or even very economical grades at current prices? You know, uh, look at uh, Fosterville. I mean, that was a mine that just basically slogged along, you know, at about four grams, four or five grams per ton for, I don't know, for two decades or something. And it, it took them that long to mine a million ounces. I mean, it was it was a long haul, but, uh, you know, they find the high grade zone right below this, uh, low grade. So geologically, cer certainly the question is, are there opportunities to, to replicate that? Absolutely. There's other deposits, other opportunities out there where there's existing mines that might have a hidden gem like that. So I, I like to see companies, you know, develop a thesis around those kind of stories and test them. Uh, but, Maybe I'm not quite understanding the question. Uh, how would you interpret that, Craig? Like, what what do you think the the person is asking here? Well, I, I think it's I, I, the way I read it. It's like, okay, there was a lot of gold there, and now we've shut it down. Is it is it a feasible business plan for some companies to go back in and go? I bet there's some more. Um, I see. I see. Look, that's always uh, the best place to look for gold is right, right next to the gold mine. So, yes, there are opportunities like that where there's mines that, that did shut down due to low gold prices. I would say less so this cycle than in previous cycles. I would say the cycle in the late 1990s, that one really killed a lot of mines. 
the one the downturn say in 2013 where we started to drop down to you know 1300 1200 1100 gold that one killed a few mines uh and i'm starting to see you know some of those stories resurrect i guess is the best way to put it uh but i don't think we have as many uh, you know the, the inventory of those opportunities is not as robust as it was say 20 or 30 years ago all right well hey we're already halfway done how about that we are just rolling along. Um, all right. This is a fun one. You know, we've seen, uh, we had the, what, the Kirkland Lake Agnigo Eagle thing that happened uh, recently. And then we had Ken Ross with Great Bear. Uh, so all of a sudden, there's at least a little bit of action in the M&A space. Um, this question just is written that way. If the future is so bright for mining stocks, why isn't there more M&A? Want to try that one? It is very cyclical. M&A is part of the overall cycle of the mining space. You know, the, the clock that Bob has, you know, the mining clock, I guess you yeah. call it, or expiration clock is, yeah, is an example of, you know, a way to look at that cycle. Um, and it happens every time. I can remember back in 2004, 2005 and six, <laughs> I was at Newmont at the time and you know, I remember what the company was doing internally, looking at opportunities at that point, but also looking around at some of the deals that were starting to be cast about. You know, Gold Corp was very aggressive and picked up who was it, uh, Glamis and uh, can't remember Meridian or something like this. So anyway, there were there were a number of deals back then that that are like the deals that you're seeing right now that really forecasts the up and coming gold boom. Okay. And, and I think we're starting to see those rumblings here. Um, you know, it's, it always starts out slowly. I, I know people want instant gratification, but look at great bear. It took them four years of drilling to get to where they are. And, you know, the fact that Ken Ross is taking them out right now is really a, kind of a, a warm up back to what I think is coming. I think over the next two or three years, uh, a lot of the exploration stories that have been kind of trundling along here, and there's a lot of them, uh, are going to be the you know the food for the next M and A cycle. So I'm really optimistic about where this is headed. The, the majors need these deposits and, and these high grade ones, uh, all the better. You know these are really high quality deposits that are just absolutely uh, necessary to to perpetuate the mining industry. Don't you think, Quentin, you've been at this so long. I mean, things have changed where people want 50% in a day, you know, like GameStop, that sort of thing. Oh, it's crazy, man. I'm telling you, like the instant gratification uh, phenomena has been become very acute lately. I would say really over the past year, year and a half. Yep. And I think that's because you you have seen a lot of the easy money, stimulus money, whatnot, go into the investment space. But it's it's very short term. It's very short thinking. Uh, you see a lot of, you know, like you said, meme stocks and stuff just behave completely irrationally. But you also see a lot of uh, ETFs just, you know, they have money just being thrown at them and they park it. And guess what? You know, Apple and Microsoft yeah. and, you know, the FANG stocks. All right. This is irrational, man. And what does it feed? It feeds short-term thinking and this uh, instant gratification. Look, life is not really like that. Okay, I don't care what planet you live on. Mining is is longer term, as we know. In fact, it's getting longer term. You have to you have to permit stuff and do ESG and so forth. 
These are not things that move along at light speed. Uh, if, but if you invest in mining, you're going to be way better off. This, this is where intrinsic value is held and created. I'd rather have mining stocks over the long haul than, than ride the Bitcoin pony up and down every day like a lot of these folks do. So <laughs> bring it on. This is a great opportunity. Yeah, it presents opportunity for those willing to do their homework and have some patience. Yep. That's, that's right. But that's what's in such short supply uh, at the present time. All right. Question five is one that I'm glad uh, came in because I, I was dying to ask you this uh, myself. Uh, in that call last week with Eric, uh, he mentioned that he's still heavily invested in Newfoundland. Um, I, I think actually he now physically owns a large part of Newfoundland. If you want to like even buy a rental house, you got to ask him. Right? Um, anyway, he still loves it. And newfound gold, you know, they had their nuggety uh, drill samples that, you know, freak people out and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't want to, I don't, the question doesn't deal with that. The question is just simply Eric loves Newfoundland. Um, but what about nobody? I, I want to hear you explain this. What about that geology there? Uh, makes it so compelling? Well, Newfoundland shares a lot of similarities to the Victorian gold fields in Australia. Obviously, that's the home of Fosterville. And look, there were many, many mines before Fosterville. There were you know, famous mines around uh, Bendigo and Ballarat and the Castlemaine and stuff. These were all you know, high-grade, very famous mines of years gone by. But it is a district that's known for producing high-grade orogenic gold deposits. In particular, at Fosterville, you, you seem to have this supercharged system where the, the depth that the deposit formed is relatively shallow. So it's kind of what, what we call epizonal uh, in nature. It's also probably got uh, some sort of connection to granite magmatism that happened there. And the granite seemed to really supercharge these epi, epithern, or epizonal systems. Uh, in Newfoundland, you see the absolute same ingredients. In fact, it's, it's so spooky that even the age of the host rocks is identical to what you see in Victoria. So we have the same suite of, of host rocks, the same types of host rocks, age is the same. And we also see this uh, phenomena with these granites that are hovering nearby. And I think all of the ingredients basically are in Newfoundland like they are in Victoria. Now, one of the things that's really critical about Newfoundland is the level of erosion. It seems that the entire northern part, certainly perhaps maybe the whole, uh, all of Newfoundland, has been eroded down to kind of this critical level in which these epizonal deposits proliferate. Okay, so Mother Nature has basically, you know, cut down this earth's surface mm -hmm. down to this level where you see these very, very high grade deposits. And that's why you're seeing so many of these discoveries. I mean, Newfound obviously is is the leader of the pack, but you see other companies, Lab Gold, which is right next door and really on the same district. And then you have uh, Sokoman and, uh, you know, uh, probably a dozen others like Ethos. Ethos has sampled some absolutely phenomenal grade stuff here. And, and they're in a, on a different structural line, but they're in the same package of rocks due north of Gander. Uh, Ethos, uh, I looked when I first, I was kind of advising Ethos at the time. When I first looked at the, the photos of the textures of the quartz and the, the gold particle size and so forth, I said, this is epizonal. It, it has to be. 
and they they picked up the property at that time. I think they once they get to drilling, I think that'll be a, a very exciting discovery. But look, there's other companies too. Uh, like, like the whole area is ripe for these these high grade discoveries. Fascinating, and it's really again the the patience required, you know, to watch this play out again. What how how backed up are the assay labs at this point? Right, I mean. You know, look, uh, the, the fact of the matter is, uh, with like newfound, we, I think we have like 30,000 meters or something in, in queue right now. And the backlog is partly just due to the fact that they wanted to, to check out the laboratory and its protocols and make sure and QAQC and stuff. And all of that's now checked out. In other words, there's no issues that, that have been identified. So we're, we're very content to go ahead and get these samples through. They're also trying the Chrysos uh, machine over in Australia right now. It took forever to get those samples through customs, which is just bloody annoying. <laughs> but uh, they got the, the samples through customs. And as I understand it, they're processing those right now. That will give us good data. I, I, the company's going to have a whole huge pile of assays come out in, in Q1 of, uh, of 2022. So sit tight. Don't worry about the story it's the gold's there i remember when kirkland hit you know some of the high grade at fossilville my gosh mm-hmm. everybody's scratching their head going how do how do we verify this how do we reconcile this you know because it's the same type stuff it's it's simply you know nuggety gold and it, it it ended up being a wonderful story okay so i'm not worried about newfound it's it newfound or any of the companies operating in Newfoundland. Uh, it is what it is. And, and these assay protocols, they, they work. So we're back on track and we'll have lots of numbers here soon. Terrific. All right, uh, Quentin, one last question uh, to wrap up, heck, to wrap up, wrap up the year of assay experts. So this is the last one. I, I, this gets to that homework we were talking about and people trying to decipher on their own what's good and what's bad. And I, this might be too broad of a question, so just answer it however you can. Um, how does someone quantify what is a good or bad drilling result or a promising versus a disappointing drilling result? Is it easily quantifiable by, you know, grams per ton, that sort of thing? Look, I'm going to give you two answers here, okay? There's there's a kind of high-level approach, and then there's the, you know, the we'll call it the 401 level approach, like, you know, the advanced class level approach now your your first level uh is this and and quite frankly a lot of the major mining companies use this as a rule of thumb they watch drill results come in from many many companies you you look at news releases every morning and and when the drill results come in you simply multiply your grams gold times the length of the intercept and you you determine how many what we call gram meters there are okay and and Look, statistically, when you start to see drill projects in which they're hitting 100-gram meter holes uh, or above, they don't all have to be that, okay? But as long as some of the holes are, say, 100-gram meters or above, those those systems tend to deliver an economic discovery. It's just, you know, purely empirical, okay? Those kind of uh, results tend to forecast the likelihood there's going to be an economic discovery. You, you might only need, you know, a handful, like maybe three or four holes out of a list of 50 might have 100-gram meter, but still, that's a, a good omen, okay? And, and yes, major mining companies 
use that as kind of a threshold, you know, to, to understand the success of various exploration projects around the planet. Now, the, the second answer I'm going to give is, uh, look, that's, while that's a very high level view, you also have to, to do the deeper dive at some point. You can't just go, oh, you know, that I see 100 gram meter holes here. This is the winner and just take it, you know, for granted at that point, like this is a winner. Okay. You also have to then start doing a bit deeper dive and watching the story over time. Look, a great example, uh, Great Bear. Okay. They, they drilled many holes. I don't know how many holes, but hundreds of holes uh, between 2017 and 2021. Now they're being taken out by Kinross. Okay. If you go back and look at that story, if you're, if you're a passionate investor, a long-term investor, you would systematically go through news release by news release and look at all the results and keep a, keep a table, put a spreadsheet together, like put in your computer, take all the, the results. It might take a little typing, but you know, put them into your own spreadsheet and keep track of this stuff, okay? You can actually start to, to come up with, but on your own, you can start to come up with volumes of rock that are mineralized. You know, you, you, you can start to get an understanding of geometry. You know, these are, these are not complicated things here. You know, what's the volume of a, a tabular shape, you know, like a box. Okay. Well, you can figure that out. And the density is you know, about 2.7 is average density. Okay. You know, they, there's not rocket science here. Okay. And then what you do is you start looking at the drill assays within that volume that they're targeting. And you say, hmm, okay, I've got, uh, you know, 120 holes here. And the average interval, you know, the average width is this and the average grade is that. And you can start to actually rationalize things and, and truly keep, uh, you know, build, build your own model. You can keep track of things. And you have to do that over time. You can't just, you know, if you're a short-term investor, like we were talking about earlier, where you want instant gratification, you trade on this, you know, whatever. This isn't a message for those people. This is a message for quality investors who want to stick with the story and keep track of it from news release to news release. Build your own data base, okay? Understand the geometry and sit there and progressively calculate what the deposit is. You can actually forecast, I, get, I, I guarantee you, 99% of the people who listen to this broadcast and invest in this space can forecast their own resource by doing simple math it's it reminds me i i I first was a stockbroker 30 years ago kind of reminds me of what it was like to be a stockbroker 30 years ago and earlier you know you'd contact the company you find out how they're sitting like the old peter lynch strategy remember with the magellan fund you go actually eat at the restaurant and see what it's like and talk to the customers i mean you could do your own homework back now you know it's not like that anymore but that's kind of what it's like quinn yeah, it is. Uh, it, we need to get back into that mindset. I, I, I love it when investors are well-educated. Okay, I do not like money that's kind of flaky and fly-by-night. I would rather see investors in the mining space who have a, a really good handle on what the actual goal, what the, you know, the geology and the goal of the company is, and they invest for the right reasons, not just a quick buck. Okay, so you know, if we want to see a sustained rally in the gold space, smart investors are what are needed. Yep, no doubt. And as you said, it's not rocket science, but it's rock science, right? <laughs> it's a good way to put it. Yep. See what I did there? 
Might there you go. All right. well. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Again, we've been speaking with Dr. Quentin Henney, renowned geologist and advisor and director at Crescat Capital in Denver. Uh, I think you probably found this very helpful and interesting if you've been listening. So be sure to send a thank you to Sprott Money. Check them out. Go there, SprottMoney.com. If you maybe some last second gift ideas, sign up for the newsletter so that whenever there's new content, you're immediately notified. Oh, and do us one last favor. Wherever you're listening to this, you know, YouTube or some uh, podcast channel, give us a like or even subscribe. That'll help us cast a wider net and get more of this great information information out there to the public. Quentin, thank you so much for your time. This has been fascinating. Always a pleasure, Craig. It's great stuff. Merry Christmas to you and all of your family. And from Sprout Money News, happy holidays, a peaceful, relaxing holiday season to everybody, all the Sprout Money customers, everybody that listens to these podcasts. It's been a crazy 2021. And who knows what 2022 has in store, but we'll be keep cranking out this information for you. And, we hope between now and the start of 2022, everybody gets a chance to relax and slow down and, and have a great holiday season. Quentin, thanks again for your time. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to Sprott Money News at SprottMoney.com. And we'll talk to you again in 2022.